And this week's episode's a little different. Uh, my buddy cousin Paul came over on Friday. We sat down. We were watching uh, WWE's Crown Jewel live on the network. And uh, about an, I don't know, hour into the show, maybe I, I we were just sitting there talking about wrestling and shooting the shit about what we liked in the past, what we like now. And all of a sudden, it dawned on me we should be recording this. So I pulled out the recorder, uh, hit record, and. We started talking. Uh, we recorded in several small parts. Uh, well, the first half was a big chunk, and then we had several little parts after that. And sometimes throughout the recording, you know, there's going to be some pauses or, or dead air, unfortunately. Uh, it's because we're sitting there, we're watching the show as we're recording it. Uh, we didn't watch the entire show as we recorded it, uh, but we did watch a good a good chunk of it, a little over an hour of the uh, three-and-a-half-hour show. Um Anyway, so I hope you like it, and, um, you know, thanks. So Paul and I are sitting here watching the Crown Jewel pay-per-view and just kind of shooting the shit about wrestling, so I thought I should probably put a recorder on. With no warning, nonetheless. Uh, it should be. Because, I mean, why not? Anyways, so far we are we're in the... Final opening round match of the Crown Jewel Tournament. We've seen Rey Mysterio get a victory over Randy Orton with a quick roll-up. We've seen The Miz get a victory uh, with a skull-crushing finale on Jeff Hardy. We just watched Seth Rollins curb stomp Bobby Lashley into the mat to advance. And now we got Kurt Angle against uh, Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, this is probably going to be the like the first match was a quick finish. The second two were a little finished, bit. Long. Yeah, they were finished with finishers, so kind of a little yep. more traditional. So Ray's built as the underdog right now. I think Dolph is. My guess is Dolph will win this match, and it'll go yep. longer, and he'll be the endurance guy for this uh, yep. tournament. I think. Well, Ray got uh, Ray got jumped after the match by Randy and got hit with an RKO, got beat down a little bit. So we did see Randy's finisher. It just. It was post-match. Um, I'll say this. Uh, Hulk Hogan cut a generic promo at the beginning when he came out, but he looked very old in his movement-wise. And they do have Renee Young doing commentary on the show, which I don't know what the rules are for these, this type of thing. You know, their women aren't allowed to wrestle in the match, but I guess they can do commentary. Yeah, if it got us evolution, then whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we were discussing, like, so far the quality of the matches have been really good. Uh, we've also really kind of missed having a tournament like this on TV. Yeah, and this tournament's being done well, too. Like, yeah. this, is, this feels like what it used to feel like watching King of, King the, of Ring. the Ring. Yeah. yeah, I loved King of the Ring. I absolutely loved King of the Ring myself. You know, I mean, each whoever wins this tournament ideally is wrestling three matches tonight, which I like. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I love the Mae Young Classic, but that was done over several weeks. Same thing when they did the Cruiserweight Classic and then the Mae Young Classic last year. And then the UK tournaments, those were done over several weeks. They weren't done in just one night like this one is. The last one-night tournament I can think of was Survivor Series a couple years ago. And that was terrible. Yeah. 
Yeah, the uh, the competitors in the final, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, had really lame matches leading up to that. And I think that they had done everything but the semifinals and finals prior to the pay-per-view. Yeah. So this one, you're, you're getting three rounds of competition, not two. Even King of the Ring started doing that towards the end. Yep. Doing uh, just two rounds on, on the pay-per-view itself. You know, and I get, I get it. This pay-per-view slated for four hours. And we are about uh, about an hour into it already. And we've just gotten the first round done. So, I mean, it helps. But one of the things we were just discussing is the fact that, like, we, we are really enjoying the wrestling on NXT and NXT UK uh, because the shows are focused around wrestling. Yes, they build angles here and there uh, with backstage vignettes or <clears throat> other things going on, but they don't do long-winded promos in the ring taking 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you have your takeovers that are slated every few months. And because of that, I mean, it's pretty awesome because I don't know if you saw this week's NXT yet. I did see this week's. Okay. And oof, nice DDT by Dolph Ziggler on Kurt Angle. Um, that's only good for a two count. We get the War Games match built. I love the build up for that. Okay. And we've got the Undisputed Era, all four members. Going against Pete Dunne, the UK champion, the longest reigning WWE champion in 30 years. You can read my blog on the Wrestling Insomniac about it. Okay, just a little cheap plug. He is the sixth longest reigning singles champion in the history of the WWE. Uh, the only people doing better than him. Oh, I got a kick out from the angle slam. I think that's the first kick out to a finisher in this yeah. tournament so far. Uh Bruno San Martino, Pedro Morales, Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, the only people to hold a singles title longer than Pete Dunne. So that's saying something. He's in good He's in good company. <clears throat> so anyways, back to what I was saying. Pete Dunne, Ricochet, and the War Raiders against Undisputed Era in a traditional... Oh, hold on. Oof. Angle just kicked out. Um... Of the famous, sir. Anyways, in a traditional War Games match, with two men starting and the new man every two minutes after the first five-minute period, unlike last year, you had three teams and three men started, and each of the other members of the teams were allowed to enter. Last year's War Games match was unbelievably great. I absolutely loved it, so I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, I honestly don't know if I ever finished watching last year's, although I what? know I've started watching it twice. I, I could have sworn we actually watched it together once. I might be wrong. I mean, I might just be forgetting, but uh, I'm very excited about this year's. Um, I love the build up to it. I yeah. love the pop that Pete Dunne yeah. got. That pop was great. I love seeing the War Raiders come out and beat the hell out of four guys until the yeah. numbers game just finally caught up with them. And then Ricochet come out and just throw the bounce right over. So the War Raiders look super fierce. Yeah. We know Undisputed Era can be vicious and yeah. conniving, and they got everything. Well, going what you said, Undisputed Era took over again and they when they got back into the ring. And then Pete Dunn, got, Pete Dunn came out to even up the sides for the good guys. So, I mean, yeah, it's... Uh, the viciousness of all, the viciousness all four members of Undisputed Era have shown themselves yeah. capable of is impressive. Because yeah. it's hard to be, I mean, none of them are, are big guys, right? No. It's hard to believe that guys can be that vicious when they're not big. It's easy to make a big guy look vicious. Yeah. It's harder to Zig-zag. make a normal or small looking guy look vicious, and they all look vicious. And Kurt Angle goes down, but boy, after he took that zigzag, it looked like he 
there's something wrong with, with Kurt Angle's neck. I don't know. He could be selling. It could be the fact that his neck is the, the shits and it just, I'm afraid for him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Watching Kurt Angle wrestle just stresses me out anymore. <sighs> oh, you're right, man. The Undisputed Era, I mean, like, not guys that are not big by any means, but they are all excellent wrestlers. What, who's the guy that just returned? Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish. Yeah, Bobby yeah. Fish. His return, yeah. he was, I mean, he oh, looks like gosh, this is yeah. crazy. He kind of reminded me a little bit of, like, a, you know, Loose Cannon, Brian Pillman or Watch something like zigzag that. zigzag on the replay. I mean, he almost looked like concussed, the way his head hit the mat so hard. Yeah, he didn't look good. That looked pretty rough. I would not be surprised if Kurt Angle was injured. He's still laying in the ring. He could be selling, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was injured after that. Uh, I actually sent a card down to the Performance Center, an Undisputed Era Tops trading card that featured Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and uh, Adam Cole. And all three of them signed it for me. That's awesome. And I got it back. So that's, that's awesome. It's a pretty badass card, really. Uh, I'm really impressed with Roderick Strong since he's joined them too. Um, I know, like you guys, you know, you and I've other guys we talked to, yeah. like, have been watching him forever. I had no prehistory with him before NXT. Yeah. I thought he was boring. Like, I mean, he's a good wrestler, but he was boring before he joined the Undisputed Era, and he's really made himself interesting. I, I will say this: Roddy has always been best when he was a bad guy. If you watched him in PWG or other places where he was a bad guy, he—that's where he excelled. It's. He's one of those guys, I think, that just doesn't do well as a baby face. That makes sense. I mean, that's like uh, uh, Bobby Roode now. He's just being wasted being a baby face. He's good as an arrogant yeah. heel. Is all the pieces for that. They got him out yeah. there dancing around, having fun. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit ago uh, before we started recording about, um, excuse me, about like how NXT has the four or five NXT takeovers a year and you can build between each and one of them. You know, if, if you look at this, like last week we had uh, Evolution pay-per-view. Just a couple weeks before that, we had Hell in a Cell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got Crown Jewel today, which I'm enjoying. Don't get me wrong. But two weeks from now, we got Survivor Series again already. Hey, I only mean, two weeks away? Yeah. Coming quick. Yeah. So... I like that Survivor Series, they're going back to that format, having the champion versus champions thing. However, I think Survivor Series should just be traditional Survivor Series matches. You know, have the woman's champion from each fed, have the world champion from each fed, have the secondary title from each promotion, you know, each brand, if you will, lead a team against the other. Yeah. And have just traditional Survivor Series matches. So that way... You know, it, it, it's making the pay-per-view special and unique, but you're not wasting singles matches. You can save those singles matches. Yeah, oh. you, you have a pay-per-view called Night of Champions that yeah. you can have all the champions wrestle each Exactly, other. you know. Like, they don't do that at that one. Oh, God, no. But uh, <clears throat> New Day's coming out. Speaking of New Day, this past Tuesday they came out as The Brood. That was hilarious. Hey, I liked hearing New Day's music. I liked how they did the uh, the rising circled pit while having guys in like black costumes, like whole wielding like flashlights with you know things on the end to make it look like fire. Nice. I, I, th I thought it was great. Oh, uh, look at New Day still throwing pancakes even in Saudi Arabia. So uh, you watched the Women's Evolution pay per view? Yes. And by the way, I have no notes. We're just riffing. Um, what did you think of the show as a whole? <sighs> 
I thought it was a great show. Um, I think that you saw different things accomplished in it that you could, I mean, you could certainly, certainly complain about certain things, but I think that everything was done quite well. I mean, you started off with a match that was the uh, nostalgia throwback, right? You know, Lita and, um, and Trish. So that match to me obviously was we're putting over the people that everybody has the greatest nostalgia to. Yeah. I have no nostalgia for them. I didn't watch wrestling when they were popular. So it, it didn't have that meaning to me at all. But uh, the match wasn't super great. It was okay. It was whatever. But it accomplished exactly what it was trying to accomplish, which was putting them over. And, you know, I had no problem with it, even though it, it didn't, you know, it wasn't interesting. You know, it wasn't very interesting to me. Yeah. But it did what it, it should have done. And I, I hate when people complain about those type of matches being what they are. Just like when uh, John Cena got crushed by Undertaker, what was it, Survivor Series last year? WrestleMania. WrestleMania, sorry, yeah. This year. That was perfect. Like, that was what it should be. No, that is the way it should be. Yeah, you're not putting over uh, past their capabilities talent by making them out-wrestle somebody who's, like, still wrestling. I gotta say, it just makes Mickie James look all the more impressive that she's, like, legit competing with everybody and not just there for the show. By the way, the New Day's coming in on a magic carpet. Aladdin style. Just want to throw that out there. They had this looks to be a scissor lift with a magic carpet on the top and uh, like a black curtain all the way down it, so you can't see the mechanisms. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I thought that the Trish Stratus Lita against Mickey James Alicia Fox match was a little long. Probably yeah. I felt it could have been a lot shorter. Um, I, I did enjoy the match. Like I, I, I don't really have that big nostalgia feel for Trish and Lita personally as a tag team. It's for them against each other. Mm-hmm. Because when we saw them on TV, they weren't a tag team. They weren't the best friends that they are now. I mean, they probably were friends. But what I mean is they were competitors. It's like if we got a match and Ricky Steamboat and Ric Flair teamed up and had a tag match. It's like, well, no. They, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat wrestled against each other. They didn't. They were never a tag team, so to me, leaving Trish were never a tag team. But I get it; it was it was decent, but it was a little long for me. Um, Nia Jax winning the twenty women battle royal last eliminating Ember Moon. Uh, I liked the moment where Nia and Tamina kind of stared at each other, and then did then they did the Roman Reigns like ooh yeah thing, and then went and beat everybody up. That was good. I thought that was good. I thought that Battle Royal was done pretty well. I thought it was a very good Battle Royal, actually. I, of yeah. course, wanted Asuka to win. She got down to the Final Four, but I, it, yeah. it all in a way, it's better if she didn't, because she won the Royal Rumble. Like, if she just won yes. this again, it would be too much. Correct. And they haven't pushed her between, you know, the Royal Rumble, I mean, post-WrestleMania, until now, like, they haven't yep. made her look awesome, so why would <clears> I think that this would be any different? Like, let her build back up. She doesn't yep. need to win this to, to prove herself. I thought it was good for Nia to win it. It's nice sometimes to see the uh, the Giant win the match. Yes. You know, like if the Giants never win a, a Battle Royal, then why is it that they're always the favorite for Battle exactly. Royal? I like seeing that. Exactly. I agree. Speaking of the big show, we got the big show in the bar out here now to take on the New Day. It's kind of impressive that the big show is still wrestling. Kind of is, yeah. Uh, Tony Storm defeated Io Shirai, or Io Shirai, to win the Mae Young Classic. First of all, Tony Storm was my pick from the beginning. I wanted her to win. I was shocked she did win, but I'm so happy she did. I was impressed by it. You know, I've been probably more familiar with Tony Storm than most of yeah. the women in the tournament. 
Um, but had no particular feelings one way or the other, other than just that she does a good job. Uh, but she that match was great. I was kind of rooting for for EO in it, just yeah. based off the promo package. Yeah. Uh, because her first round, I, I know, I'm pretty sure, I, I had to watch her first round match, but it must not have really caught my attention because I didn't really remember it. I didn't see the second round of the tournament or anything kind of past that point. I saw a little bit of the second round. Uh, I still got to go back and watch some of those. But it was a good match, and Tony Storm definitely deserved it. I was um, glad to see her win. This is their this is their fifth singles match against each other. Previously, uh, they are one one and two, so they each won one, and they had two time limit draws: a fifteen minute time limit draw and a thirty minute time limit draw. Nice. At only ten minutes, I felt like this match should have been longer. Yeah, because it really, to me, it wasn't the best of their matches they've had. But it was still a fantastic match. It was very good. That is a good example of yeah. why the uh, opening tag match should have been a little bit shorter. Now, Tony Storm and Miko Satamora, to me, had the match of the tournament on the final episode of the Mayon Classic. Because that match was just crazy. I haven't watched good. that yet, but oh, I will be going back to watch that. That match. Uh, I was very uh, That was the match of the tournament Miko. for me. Yeah. Um, also... Uh, Io Shiree took on Robbie Brookside's daughter, Zaya Brookside, in the opening round. And 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 took a hellacious fucking beating, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Natalya defeated the Riot Squad in a six-woman tag team match. I met this match. That was, this was probably the most meh match, because you had yeah. a lot of talent in it. Uh, and I think it's one of those things where there's just not enough time than trying to do t- it just it didn't have the ability to flourish but yeah i also think that they too often take too many singles competitors and lump them together yeah i would have rather have just seen like bailey versus sasha if they're even a rivalry i don't know what the hell they are now but they're friends again yeah, yeah. uh shana basil defeated kari sane by technical submission referee stoppage if you will to win the uh, NXT Women's Championship match in 12 minutes. This was a good match. It was good. It wasn't great. It was good. But yeah. I loved how they ended it. It was a good match. And then, of course, you know, Kari Sane loses the title controversially when the other four horsewomen of MMA, uh, Shana's friends, get involved after Shana gets tossed into the crowd and wipes them both out. And then Kari's got to battle them, and the referee doesn't see it. Uh, well, once they did see, but again, Kari made con- initiated the contact, so there's no DQ on that, so that mm-hmm. made sense. Um, but yeah, it, it puts Shayna over strong. She was the first ever two-time NXT Women's Champion, and it makes Kari Sane look like uh, Shayna had to have help to win so they can have a rematch at TakeOver here in a couple weeks. And I got to say, Kari has come through all this stuff with Shayna looking like a real threat. Looking strong. Talent, yeah. yeah. She's Whereas different. most most people just don't match up well with Shayna, which has <laughs> kind of been a problem with her run. Like, some yeah. of the matches just... Like, the one with... Um, oh, what's her name? She was in Insanity. I'm totally blanking. Oh, Nikki Cross. Yeah, the one with Nikki yeah. Cross. That was just a, a mess, in my opinion. Yeah. I thought that match was hard to watch. And a lot of them have been like that. Like, nobody's been a real threat. Right. You know, when Asuka was champion, she looked like she could beat the hell out of anybody, but she made everybody look good. She did make everybody look good in the process, yes. Yeah, and I, I, just... I think that Shayna and Kari have matched up a lot better than Shayna's matched up with anybody else. I, I do hate the fact that Kara, not Kara, but uh, Asuka, yes, she won the first Women's Royal Rumble, but she still hasn't been pushed like she was in NXT. No. And... There's a lot of people, and I'm going to go on a rant right now, The Revival. Okay, The Revival had some of the greatest tag team matches 
in WWE as a whole, in the longest time, their matches they had against American Alpha, their matches they had against DIY, their matches against pretty much anybody they were in the ring with, even the AOP, they had fantastic friggin' matches. And they just had to do the fucking job to the Lucha House Party mm-hmm. in a squash match, essentially. I mean, talk about wasted talent since they came to the main roster. It's ridiculous. They're a good example it. of why. I, uh, it used to be interesting to see who might get called up from NXT, and now I'd just rather not see anybody get called up because there's so much more in NXT. I just, But it also goes like the WWE tag team division and the main roster. It's like they're to push single stars that they want to reward while they're not in the limelight. I mean, look at the Raw Tag Team Champions right now and Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose who are feuding with each other, you know? And then, like, this match, apparently, I thought this was going to be a six-man tag because Big Show came out in his gear, but no, it's the bar against Kofi Kingston and uh, and, uh, Big E uh, and a tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Uh, You got Xavier Woods and Big Show just you know, seconding the other guys to the ring. Mm-hmm. So, and so far this match has been okay. Yeah. I, you know, I think new day, you just have to, they got talent, but you have to chalk them up to like, they're that spectacle that a yeah. lot of fans are going to like, you know, kids love them. That's yeah. great. Like th- those people need to exist for sure, but <laughs> yep. it's definitely not uh not as interesting to, you know, what we want to see in ring. Especially since they just keep on going up against the same people again and again and again. Uh, Becky Lynch retained the SmackDown Women's Championship in a last woman standing match against Charlotte in 28 minutes and 40 seconds. Fantastic match. What a great friggin' match. This should have main evented the show. Mm -hmm. Hands down. No doubt about it. These two women had an awesome match. I wanted Becky to win so bad. Mm -hmm. And... I love Charlotte, so don't get me wrong. I'm a Flair supporter through and through. Um, but, man, Becky is on fire right now with this character, with this attitude, the way she is. Yeah. And I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. She's proving her sellability in every yep. way, too. Like, she is definitely the most over, yep. even though she's the the heel and acting like a heel. doesn't matter. Everybody loves her. She posted something on Twitter that said, like, you know, I, I was ready to go in a direction um, – and the fans came with me, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she was ready to leave the fans behind uh, because she wanted to try something new because she felt stale and wanted to be fresh and, and try and re- reinvigorate her career and everything. Uh, and it looks to be, much to her surprise, the fans came with her. You know, and I, I think it goes to show that when somebody deserves to get pushed and they don't, the fans get sick of it. And it's Roman it's shortchanging the fans. You know, I mean, look at Daniel Bryan. I mean, he didn't turn heel, but it was the same thing where the fans were just in a lather over him not getting what he deserved. And, uh, you know, that flushed out well until, unfortunately, he had injury problems. But, you know, same thing with Becky Lynch. You know, she was the first SmackDown Women's Champion, which was huge. And, you know, then she lost it to Alexa Bliss, who's a great character, but not nearly as good in the ring. No, not at all. And she won it in ways that were... You know, taking advantage of circumstances, like right. in, in the the latter match where, you know... Oh, the James Ellsworth crap with the money in the bank. Oh, you know, that was Carmella. Sorry. Yeah. Carmella did the same thing. Yeah, you know, and Alexa deserves all that she's gotten, too, because she's a great performer. But, uh, you know, Becky's just gotten screwed over, and everybody, like, she deserved it. And people like to argue with me, well, you like Ric Flair. He's one of your all-time favorites, and yeah. 
Ric Flair for years as champion, retained his championship through, you know, getting disqualified and having people do run-ins, and especially he was a member of the Horsemen and on and on and on. Yeah, you're right, he did. But Ric Flair also had 30-minute and 60-minute freaking unbelievable classic, you know, matches Yeah, that made it okay because he could go in the ring, unlike Carmella, mm-hmm. who, anyways. Rant number two, keep going. <laughs> well, PWI just released their PWI 100 for women, and number one's Ronda Rousey. And I don't have anything against Ronda Rousey. She doesn't freaking deserve to be number one. No. Nope. Okay. Number two, I think, was like, you know, was Alexa Bliss or some shit. And I'm like, no, no. Mm-hmm. Carmella's number seven. And I'm like, well, that's way too freaking high. So, like, yeah, I just, I'm not impressed with the list, but whatever. I'm no, they basically just went to show that that list is who's getting pushed the most. That has nothing to well, do with actual talent or performance. See, to me, that was the PWA 500 list for years and years and years and years and years. And now the last couple of years, I feel like they've actually, well, except for last year. But anyways, they've gotten the list right, especially this year with Kenny Omega as number one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he deserves it. The only other time I ever really agreed with the number one position was when Dean Malenko was. In the I game was gonna one. say that. Yeah, I love that because I was a. That was when I was a huge Bret Hart fan. Yeah. But when you know he his career started getting muddied towards the end. Yeah. And I loved Dean Malenko and uh, and you know Crispin Wyatt and Guerrero, like all those guys yeah. in WCW. So I loved that because that was a year where Bret Hart was. Uh, I, I don't remember if his real or kayfabe, but he was in a wheelchair a lot of the year. Yeah. Uh, and like none of the big name guys were doing anything. So they basically said like they didn't do anything. So Dean Malenko has been doing yep. the best this year. I loved that. Yep. I will say this about new day against the bar. You have two teams that have a team name, the bar new day. They were wearing matching gear and there are actual teams that have been established for multiple years now. Yep. So I kind of do like that aspect of this, you know, I do. They just need more teams like this, really. Yeah. Like they're both like both teams are good performers. I'm tired of seeing both of them yeah. because they're all you see. You need some right. some variance in there. You gotta mix it up. I mean, would it be crazy if there was some like really talented technical team that could come in there and compete with them? Like maybe the revival. Drop it back sometime, or maybe a couple of really big guys that you know could go in there and squash occasionally. And uh, but as much as I don't like authors of pain, like I would rather see more guys like that in the mix than just the same thing every time. Like, I'm really pissed off right now that the Raw tag titles are being wasted on two singles guys. Yep. They're feuding with They're each the other. shield. I get it. But they're two singles guys in a feud right now. That, that was so, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Big E had Sheamus up in, like, the powerbomb position facing the ring post. And and Kofi Kingston just came off the top rope and did a double stop to the back of Sheamus's neck, which, by the way, is in rough shape to begin with. And Big E almost looked like he get, like pushed him backwards, and then he did a delayed power bomb. It was weak sauce. Yeah, he basically just jumped off of Sheamus. Is all that happened. Yeah, like if if he would have like jumped up on Sheamus and like stood on his shoulders, and the power bomb went at the same time as that. It looked like he was driving him to the mat. Maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. It just didn't really work, basically. Oh, Big shows up on the apron. Who's the champions? Is it New Day? The Bar. The Bar? Okay. So anyways, in the main event, Ronda Rousey defeated Nikki Bella in 14 minutes to retain the uh, Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, I, I fast-forwarded, kind of skipped little by little through that match. Uh, Bar's going to retain... Yep, retained. <laughs> um, 
It, you know, right. that being the headliner, I think, you know, it's easy to get bent out of shape, but it is what it is. They're Ronda Rousey is the big name. Yeah. Nikki Bella sucks. She always has, she always will. I like how they showed their two records. Ronda Rousey's like 27 and 0, and Nikki Bella was like 277, 357, and 16 or whatever. So, I mean, she's, she's had a lot of matches, but, you know, none of them were that impressive. And uh, another thing that really bothered me about it was the fact that, like, Nikki Bella, all right, is the 10-year veteran, allegedly, and yet the six-month rookie was carrying her through the match. Anyways, like I was saying, uh, seeing Ronda Rousey, the six-month rookie, carrying the 10-year veteran just shows how bad Nikki Bella is. Yeah, it's it's pretty pitiful. Uh, I want to not dislike Brie Bella as much as I do, too, because she's Daniel Bryan's wife, so that yeah. should count for something. <laughs> she makes him happy, I guess, you know, yeah. she's serving her purpose. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I've never cared for them. I don't care for them. I don't think them being back adds anything. But, I mean, kind of like with some of the other ones we've mentioned, if yeah. they're over with this segment of the, you know, the population, then... At least we do get really good stuff a portion of the time, you know? And, like, Nikki Bella and her promo video, or promos leading up to it, you know, they're trying to play off the, oh, Ronda Rousey's mother's ashamed of her, some crap, and so they're going to dedicate this match to Ronda's mother, and this and that. And then she even, like, belittled herself and all the women of the WWE by saying, like, because a diva's going to beat you. and blah. So she basically belittled the... <clears throat> the term diva and what it stood for and what it meant. She's on a show called Total Divas. You know, it, it's just, yeah, it was stupid. It's like when a guy cuts a promo and says, you're old, you're out of shape, I'm going to kick your butt, and then loses. And now he just lost an old, out of shape man as opposed to some, you know, like. Yeah, you know, it's the old, old adage. adage. You yeah. got to put over, uh, I think Mick Foley was the one that always made me, like, really understand that strongly. Like, you got to put over your competitor. Yeah. Because win or lose, like, you don't want to lose to, or it doesn't mean anything to win to a guy that sucks, but it says a lot right. about you if you lose to a guy that sucks. Exactly. It's it's lazy promoing. It is. And so I was actually very surprised how, like, Ronda Rousey continues to surprise me how good she is in the ring. You know, realistically, she really does continue to surprise me. Yeah. And, um, but anyways. <laughs> So right now we're just starting round two of the Crown Jewel Tournament. I love the pre-match interviews. This is just so much like it used to be. Like the good parts of what it used to be watching a tournament on a pay-per-view. We got the Miz against Rey Mysterio in the opening round. I got to say, my friends can tell you I've not been the biggest Rey Mysterio supporter over the years. I loved him in ECW. I loved him in early WCW before he lost his mask. I actually enjoyed him when he first returned to WWE, but then after he won the Royal Rumble going on, I just I had nothing for him. Um, but this year, since his return, maybe because he had time to heal up, but he looks good in the ring. He's I like his gear. He seems to kind of be wrestling a, a hybrid of his original style that I fell in love with, if you will, and how he's been wrestling lately. So... I'm curious to see what's going to happen here. Uh, Miz was saying how he injured his throat from a kick in the first match, and he, he really couldn't even cut a promo. He sounded like he had laryngitis all of a sudden. Yeah. 
And Ray's moving a little slow to the ring right now. So my we'll my prediction at this point is Ray's going to be the underdog and go through to the finals. Yeah. Uh, he'll probably get attacked by Miz after this match would be my guess. And <laughs> Dolph is going to go on the other side as the endurance guy. He's going to have a long match with Seth Rollins, win it. Yeah. And then he's going to look like he's controlling against Ray. Yeah. And then uh, we'll see how it goes from there. But I'm going to pick Ray at this point. I, I think. think I think Ray's going to win it as well. So I guess just to continue the show, because why not? We're here. Uh, after this, in two weeks, we got NXT TakeOver War Games. Yeah. Live from the Staples Center on Saturday night, November the 17th. And they have established some matches so far. We've got uh, Tommaso Ciampa against the Velveteen Dream for the NXT Championship. i got to say, this is probably going to be a good match. It'll be a good match. Uh, I don't necessarily think that, you know, if you're looking at it, that Velveteen Dream has earned his way there. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be a good match. He's the guy that continues to surprise me in the ring. Yeah. Team Dream. I love that at the last one, they gave him the victory over EC3, though. because That surprised me. EC3 has not impressed me at yeah. all. Uh, I mean, he's not terrible. He's not bad, but he hasn't impressed me. Yeah. And I just love to see that Velveteen Dream wasn't just continuing to, you know, have these great matches yep. and lose. Yep. Because he's gotten better and better, too. Like, for any flaw you can say about any of his matches in the past, like, he keeps on improving. Uh, the only other two matches they have advertised are the War Games match we talked about earlier. And then Aleister Black against Johnny Gargano. And this match is probably... Johnny Gargano is this generation Shawn Michaels or Ricky Steamboat or Ric Flair or whatever. Like, he's just one of the best all-around in-ring competitors there is right now. He's... That's going to be a really good match. And I like the position a lot of these guys have their characters in. Yeah. Like, Ciampa is such a good, straight-up, oh, vicious heel. heel. Yeah. Uh, I loved him doing the no music thing. Uh, I love his great t-shirt designs that aren't for sale. Yeah. Because they're not about the fans. Yeah. Even though I really wish they were for sale, because I totally buy some of those suckers. Um, just great. Johnny Gargano, I think this is a, a great move for him, too, where he's done done the pure baby face thing for too long and was starting to look soft then he's done the you know i'm gonna go too far because i'm tired of this thing yeah. and lost in the process yep and now he's he's not even going straight heel because like if you see his tweets he's like you can believe me you can trust me i'd never lie to you guys yeah so he's playing like he's he's playing this like kind of curveball kind of a heel where it's like he's being real vicious and going against the face yep but he's really uh like, has some really deep ulterior motives in there. But at the same time, you have Tommaso Ciampa also tweeting, like, uh, basically egging Johnny on, welcoming him to the dark side, uh, welcoming him to his awakening, and, and, you know, like, basically, like, now we're going to get the heel version of DIY as a tag team, if you will, going together, so. This is just, it's good. Like, the way that they're developing characters in NXT is so good. Yeah. And there are so many guys that are so talented that are able to really, like, use their talent and run with it. Yeah. Um, this past weekend, we had the Jericho cruise and tomorrow night, uh, if you so choose, you can buy the pay-per-view on fit TV of what happened in, in the big alpha club versus bullet club, uh, match where the young bucks and Chris Jericho took on Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes and Marty Skrull. I got to say, I saw the picture of the bucks with Jericho and it was awesome. They all had matching gear on. 
Jericho had his hair down and everything, but they all had matching gear on with headbands and the jackets and the, and the pants with the tassels and everything. And the Young Bucks do their standard pose where, like, they kind of stand next to each other. And they One leans left, one leans right, and they do the double bicep pose. Well, they had Jericho in the middle doing his, like, come on, baby, cover where he does the big, you know, front curl, whatever pose it's called. Like, and it just looks so cool. And uh, evidently it was a pretty damn good match from what I've heard. Uh, I don't think I'll buy the pay-per-view, but I'm looking forward to somehow watching the match at some point. Uh, but on the cruise, basically, they officially announced that uh, the Young Bucks, Cody, Kenny, uh, Hangman Page, and Marty Skrull are no longer part of the Bullet Club. They are part. Their their faction is now called the Elite, and the Bullet Club is now the Tamatanga, Tongaloa, Bad Luck Valet, Jay White, Gato, Jado. So, Jado, um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting going forward to see what happens. And, you know, speaking of that, uh, tomorrow morning, I think 4 a.m. our time is is uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Power Struggle 2018 live on uh, New Japan World. And speaking of Chris Jericho, uh, he's going to be there defending his Intercontinental Championship against Evil. Also, we have uh, Tetsu Naito against Zack Sabre Jr.'s singles match. For the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship, uh, Tomohiro Ishii against Minoru Suzuki. You know, that's going to be uh, just a vicious, vicious, vicious fight I'm looking forward to. Uh, tai Chi defending his Never Openweight Singles Heavyweight, Never Openweight Singles Championship against uh, Hiroki Goto. And then we got some tag matches. It's a three-way tag team match for the finals of the Super Junior Tag League because we had three teams finish with tying points in the uh, in the ta- in the Super Junior Tag League. So you have Suzuki Goon of Kanemura and El Desperado taking on Lij of Bushi and Shingo uh, uh, Takaji, and then Rapungi 3K of Showing Yo. I think Lij is going to get the win. Rey Mysterio just bit the Miz, by the way. To get out of a body scissors? Yeah, this yeah. was uh, grappling his face with his hands, pulling his head back. Yeah. <laughs> Ray bit him. Miz's reaction was great. This has been a pretty solid match while we've been talking about it. It has been. Yeah. This Everything about this pay-per-view has been good so far. I mean, the, the weakest point was still a good match. Yeah. The tag match. Um, in a tag team match, we have Taguchi Japan of Hiroshi Tanahashi and David Finley against the Golden Lovers of Kenny Omega and Cody Ibushi. Uh, Chaos, uh, Okada and Beretta against Bullet Club, Jay White and Bad Luck Fale. We have a uh, six-man tag of uh, Togi Makabe, uh, Hanma and Kushida taking on Tamatanga, Tangaloa and Robbie Eagles because apparently Robbie Eagles is now a member of Bullet Club OG officially. Uh, he teamed with uh, he teamed with uh, where is his name? Uh, he he teamed with the uh, I can't think of his name now. Whatever uh, in the Super Junior League, uh, and then an eight-man tag. We have Jushin Liger, Tiger Mask, Bolidar Junior, and uh, Brown Junior taking on Taguchi, uh, Chris Saban, ACH, and uh, Tona Hanair. So, Power Struggle looks to be a great nine-match card again. Chris Jericho taking on Evil is one of the highlight uh, headlining matches. In fact, I think it's the main event of the show. And uh, I, I feel like uh, Jericho's going to retain so he can go on to Russell, probably Naito in a rematch against at uh, Russell Kingdom on January the 4th in the Tokyo Dome. G1 
Jericho does wrestling well. He knows what he's doing. He really does. He's had his best year this year, starting wrestling Kenny Omega in a five-star classic at the Dome, then appearing at the Raw 25th show later that month, appearing at the Greatest Royal Rumble in, in April for WWE, wrestling in New Japan uh, that June, winning the Intercontinental title, making his appearance on All In, running in and dressed as Pentagon Jr., attacking uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, he just attacked Evil. Uh, New Japan show is disguised as one of Evil's druids uh, back last month. And then the Jericho Cruz, where he teamed with the Young Bucks. I mean, this is – Chris Jericho's killing it in wrestling this year. He's um, everywhere, and – you know, I love that he's doing this. Like his returns to WWE have just gotten more and more stale. And yeah, like the one thing that stood out to me about his, uh, I don't know, technically his most recent return, but when he came back and then he was wrestling with uh, AJ Styles, and yeah. he had that match at WrestleMania where the match was like AJ was carrying it. Yeah, he went over. Yeah, Chris went over. And then he's on his podcast saying that they stole the show and how great they both were. It's like, no, you weren't. You, yeah. you know, he carried the match. You were stiff and stale, and you didn't even put the guy over who could have used it. I, and I, he's so different now. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's like he's got his, uh, his creative juices back yep. instead of just getting bored doing the yes, same old because thing. Because he can be the vicious heel guy who, who swears and busts people open and breaks the rules, and he's not, he's not a PG wrestler. No, this is what it comes down to. And that's one of the things that, I mean, I, I got to say is at least when he came back to WWE, he always came back wanting to wrestle new guys, wanting to be involved in new things, like his feud with AJ, his feud with Kevin Owens. Like, mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't just wrestling the same guys over and over again. I the think, stuff with Kevin Owens was done really well. Like, yeah. I think that's where his creative creativity was able to come out again in his yeah. WWE time. And I think that's one of the other things is, like, you know, he is – you know, kind of ingrained himself this year with the Young Bucks uh, with his time in New Japan. Because not only that, but he's been appearing on Young Bucks' hit YouTube show, Being the Elite, which is a damn good weekly show. And, you know, just ingraining himself with them, which is just giving him more exposure. Oh, skull-crushing finale. Here we go. Oh, Rey Mysterio kicks out. Echo this has notice. been a great match. The Miz didn't hook the hands behind nope, the head. He didn't. Nope. This has been a great match. This has been. This has been. And, you know, I looked at the competitors in this tournament, and I said, nobody really excites me. I mean, maybe with the exception yep. of Ray, because I haven't seen him in so long. Yep. But, and uh, Ray looks fresh. Ray looks revitalized. Yeah. Unlike we've seen in years. Miz is probably the next, like, the other guy that I w was hoping would do anything in this, yep. because, like, he's been legit good. I mean, yep. kind of for a long time, but... Uh, Lately, like, he's making me want to see him, whereas before it was just yep. like he was just playing his role well, yep. you know? Yeah, this has been great. Uh, so I, I have two questions I thought of for you. Sure. First one, talk about NXT call-ups, all that. Who that's been called up through NXT do you think has been used the best in the main card? I guess Finn. Finn or Kevin Owens, but Kevin Owens wasn't down there very long. Yeah, you know, I, probably overall Kevin Owens. Like, he, yeah. you look at everything he's done. But, you know, uh, Finn, he wasn't down there. Finn was down there a long time, like over a year, but Kevin Owens wasn't there very long. I mean... Yeah, it kind of polished he, him up for coming up. He was, like, he 
he had his debut like in I think in like say December on a takeover, and then that May he was wrestling at uh, Elimination Chamber against John Cena yeah. as NXT champ. Yeah, his his arrival in WWE was done really big. Oh, the Miz got the win. Great finish though. It was. I like that it didn't end on the skull crushing finale. It actually ended on a. A reversal, essentially. Ray went for a splash off the top. Miz got the knees up and then rolled him up for a three count. And so I guess I'd have to say probably Kevin Owens, but yeah, the pin. I mean, he got the big push, but then unfortunately injury derailed that, and he's he's still been used better than a lot of guys. But uh, the other one that I was thinking kind of more recently, because a lot of guys just seem like they haven't really been used well. Uh, I think Samoa Joe has got a decent usage. Like, he, yep. he feels like a threat all the time. He doesn't feel like he's ever just been there to get crushed by somebody. And he's had good matches. Um, you know, he obviously hasn't won any championships or anything. But, I mean, he's wrestled AJ Styles for the championship. Uh, didn't he even wrestle Brock Lesnar? Uh, yes, Mojo did. He had a good match against Brock Lesnar, actually. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I felt like Joe had the best chance and. As, as some guy actually beating Brock Lesnar. Because he was believable. Yeah. So I, I think more recently he's been used well. But I did... Uh, I forgot how well Kevin Owens was used, especially at first. It's too bad to see him injured now, especially at the hands of freaking Leslie. Yeah. Ashley, whatever. Ashley. Uh, but yeah, if you think about a lot of the... None of the guys that have been called up to the main roster um, were homegrown talent that are doing well. The guys that are being pushed the big, the most from being, since being called up, Kevin Owens or Finn Balor or Samoa Joe or even Bobby Roode or Shinsuke Nakamura got themselves over other places first and then came to NXT for fine-tuning and then came up. All the talent that's been called up uh that were NXT like uh, creations, the Ascension, the Revival, uh, American Alpha, you know, three tag teams, if you will. Nothing. Basically, nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Final match in the, the World Cup uh, Seth Rollins taking on uh, Dolph Ziggler. So, you know, one thing we were talking about before. Uh, God, I hate that burn it down part. Uh, one of the things we were talking about prior to uh, the the request recording was the set that we have here for Crown Jewel is you got a big LED screen, of course, because you got to have those now, but it's in the shape of a crown. So it's kind of like, all right, cool. We have a set, if you will. You know, we don't have just the standard generic big LED screen that they've been doing mostly an LED ramp for all the big shows, which not for nothing. I remember back in the day, WWE and, and, and WCW, you know, having some pretty awesome sets. Yeah. You know, I remember the Backlash set had the big swinging hooks. I don't know why that was cool, but it was. I went to Backlash. When it was in Manchester, New Hampshire, back in 2005, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, main event was uh, Triple H wrestling Batista for the title. 
Batista was champ. It was just after Batista beat him at WrestleMania, after the explosion of evolution. Um, but at the, uh, the, the Women's Evolution pay-per-view, I couldn't help but notice that the entranceway was... It was a little bit bigger than what they've been doing for house shows lately, as far as the screen. There was no ramp, no wall around the ring like WWE does on their TV shows and pay-per-views. And like they're doing tonight at Crown Jewel. It was just metal guardrails with slip covers like a house show. White ropes, no ring post LED covers, no ring, no apron LED apron. It was more like a house show than it was a pay-per-view. As far as set was concerned and set up. I loved, um, and the NXT UK, they're, uh, do they always record in the same place? No. Okay. That so was Cambridge. They, they record different places. The, the second episode then of NXT UK, the venue, the ramp didn't even come straight down to the ring. It no. actually came sideways. Yeah. The first four episodes are that way. Okay. Three or four episodes were all taped in the same place. So you have like a, an entrance staging area. Then you have the ramp, but the ramp comes down sideways to the ring. Yeah. And then you come to the ring. Yeah. I loved that. And, uh, like if, if you're out there doing anything, you, you can't hide it all. Like you're in the middle of everybody. Right. Everybody can see everything you're doing. So there's this heightened level of intimacy. Another thing that those kind of setups do is it, creates a lot of opportunity for creative use of space. Yeah. And the way, you know, just like you're talking about the kind of generic setup we get most of the time with the LED around the ring posts and the, yeah. the padded walls around everything, there's room for the wrestlers to work, but everything yeah. is so like generic and there's no interest. Like you see the same shit all the time. There's no yeah. interesting way to use the space with a ramp like that. There's all sorts of different stuff that you could do. That'd be a clever usage. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree with what you're saying. I just, I don't know. I, I miss back in the day, like, when they show, like, the Master Square Garden house show, and you had that side entrance that was, you know, you could look at the venue and be like, oh, that's Master Square Garden. That's the yeah. Boston Garden. That's the Maple Leaf Gardens. That's the Philadelphia Spectrum, you know. That's the L.A. Form or whatever it is. And now it's it's all generic. It looks the same. Yeah, that's what I loved about the NXT one. It yeah. looked totally different. Yeah. Where was it that they always recorded the early Raws? Like the first oh, place. the uh, Manhattan, the Manhattan Center. Yeah, that was great because yeah. like it had a feel to it yeah. that was unique and special. I've been watching a lot of the hidden gem stuff in the WWE Network lately. There's some good stuff in there. There's some great stuff on there, including uh, Triple H versus The Undertaker. I most recently did a blog after Super Showdown where Triple H beat The Undertaker, which is building to the tag match we have most likely main eventing this show tonight. And uh, a lot of people were up in arms on the internet because Triple H once again beats The Undertaker. And, you know, and of course he does because of XYZ. Well, I went back and I looked at it. And the history of their singles matches against each other, I don't have the numbers right in front of me because I don't have my blog right in front of me. But The Undertaker is like 26, 6, and 3 against Triple H in singles matches. And to be fair, all the listeners should have your blog right in front of them because they should have gone to it when you told them to earlier. Right, so. exactly, yeah. The numbers should be right in front of your face. Exactly. And their first singles match ever was in the Kuwaiti Cup in Saudi Arabia. Or, yeah, the Kuwaiti Cup in Kuwait, I mean, in the finals of that. And that is now on the Hidden Gem section of the WWE Network. One of their next big matches they had was the first ever shotgun Saturday night. And the thing that everyone comes away from is the infamous Triple H getting tombstone on the escalator and then getting right and riding down the escalator. Well, that is now on the hidden gem section as well. 
That match took place at Penn Station. So this is a match at the friggin' train station in New York City <laughs> next to Madison Square Garden or underneath Madison Square Garden. I want to look at Penn Station. And it's not your standard 20 by 20 WWE ring. I think it's a 16-foot ring they were using that night in that show with yellow ropes. I mean, yeah, it's fun. There's a lot of great stuff on the Hidden gem section. They have matches all the way back to the 1950s. I wish they would release a collection. or You know, I mean, they have, like, the old Raws, Mac, like, a ton of stuff like that. I wish they would... Uh... Yeah. Do all of Shotgun Saturday Night. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see those original ones that they did at the nightclubs and everything. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, or Marlena ripped her top off. She had pasties on her boobies. Mm-hmm. Or, or you know, whatever else that they had. Just It was different WWE. But they have some great stuff in the Hidden Gem section. You should go check it out. They got, uh, like, Super Crazy against uh, El Hijo del Santo. From their uh, Super Astro show, uh, except Super Crazy is called Super Loco. Then, <laughs> <laughs> and they got some other good stuff on there. You should go check out. That's fun to watch. So, anyways, I think we're gonna take a break, and we'll be back later on with uh, more thoughts on this pay per view. So we're back. We got the uh, finals of the Crown Jewel tournament, which I am very surprised to say is the Miz against Dolph Ziggler. That is surprising. I did not expect that. Uh, heel versus heel. Uh, one thing I am a little disappointed in. Uh, the Miz uh, did not have a new new gear for every match. New like jacket, new trunks, new everything. Like Savage did at WrestleMania 4. I thought if anyone was going to do it, it was going to be the Miz. Now I just want to watch WrestleMania 4. <laughs> So, uh, Seth Rollins against uh, Dolph Ziggler was a solid match. It was solid, but probably the, the least interesting of all the matches so far in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, also, we have a new Universal Champion. Ooh. <sighs> That's just for the match. Not that I don't care who won it. That match was awful. Yeah, if you didn't see the match, you didn't miss a whole lot. I mean, Corbin hit. Braun Strowman with the belt right before the match started. The bell rang. We got five or six F5s. And the only offensive move that Braun Strowman got in besides kicking out was he uh, kicked Lesnar in the face when Lesnar was charging in at him on the corner. Busted that big bastard open. And somehow Lesnar got an abrasion on his cheek that was bleeding a little bit. Um, Yeah. I don't know. The uh, The only good thing, I guess, I'm going to say that came out of this is that Survivor Series now, we get a rematch of last year's Survivor Series where WWE Champion AJ Styles is going to take on Universal Champion Brock Lesnar. And I'm, I'm hoping AJ gets the win. AJ lost last year. It'd be nice if AJ got the win this year. That would be good. And even last year was a good match. And you knew yeah. that... Uh that uh, Lesnar was going to win yeah. the way they set it up. The stupid keeping score, and it was even right at the end. Well, that was right. the match that made it even, so you knew right. it had to end up even going into the final Survivor Series right. match. So, that was lame. Don't yeah, do that again, WWE. And that's the other thing is, like, okay, so Survivor Series now, we have Brock against AJ. We have uh, Becky Lynch against Ronda Rousey, which I don't know if it's coincidental or not, but when they put that graphic up on the, up on the our screen... There was a huge pop from the audience there in Saudi Arabia. So that, I, I don't know, figure that what you will, but anyways, 
Uh, we also get AJ, not AJ. We also get Seth Rollins and get Shinsuke Nakamura for the U.S. title. That could be a very good match. Which should be a great match, but this is Night of Champions. Like this is exactly we talked what about Night this last year. This should be what Night of Champions pay per view is, not what Survivor Series is. Survivor Series should be a series of classic Survivor Series elimination matches. Yep. Teams of five will survive. Uh. Anyway, so we have this match now, the finals, which should be a good match. Again, it's heel versus heel, so it'll be interesting to see who the crowd gets behind. Oh, the referee is sending Drew McIntyre to the back right at the beginning. That's interesting. But we do have Shane McMahon and Baron Corbin at ringside for representing their, their brand. Uh, and the only other match I'm aware of that's advertised on this show is the tag team main event match of the Brothers of Destruction against DX. It is uh, 10 minutes of three, so I mean, or quarter or three-ish, so I don't think the pay-per-view is going to go a full four hours, but there is potential that it's going to go close. Yeah, the, the the tag match will have a lot of entrance time. Though. Yes, that's true. So it could end up going fully till four because this match could last a little while. These two guys. Could yeah, go. this match could be real quick or not. I mean, Miz appears to have jumped the bell here or jump started the bell, if you will. He's attacking Ziggler, and the ref's trying to separate them. So I don't think the ref's officially called for the bell yet. But we'll see. I don't know. Either way. Uh, uh, one thing I'm enjoying. Oh, jeez, I'm crow. Oh, that's a surprise. Miz just jumped off the apron to the floor and just crumpled like he hurt himself or rolled his ankle of some kind. Uh, the referee didn't jump out and uh, check on him. And the Miz is just kind of, Dolph is kind of going at the Miz. And the ref hasn't called for the bell, and Miz is really selling that ankle, so I don't know. This is really weird. Now now the ref is checking on him. I can't figure out if this is a legit injury or what's going on. They haven't started the match yet. They haven't just called that out. I could see Miz trying to force his way through this, but who knows? This is how they get a replacement for Miz, because you can't have heel versus heel. So you got to have a baby face. So I feel like Miz is going to have a replacement. It's either going to be someone in the tournament or a surprise entrance. I'm curious what they're going to do. And I hate to have dead air, but. So the, the Miz has got to show the referee he can get in the ring to continue. So this is definitely a work. Yeah. 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 So I wonder who's going to replace him. Do you think it's going to be uh, Rey Mysterio? Logically, it'd be Rey Mysterio. The only he's like double switch we could see is yeah. if they say that Rey Mysterio is not capable of competing after being jumped yeah. in the first match and then going through a second match. So who's going to be his replacement? Is it going to be Drew McIntyre? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who they're going to get. Oh, the referee's saying there's a forfeit and your winner is Dolph Ziggler. Oh, Shane's saying, no, no, there's going to be no forfeit. Oh, Shane's not letting him announce that. So do we get the best in the world? Is CM Punk going to come out? That's what I was thinking the whole time. Oh, Shane's saying, I'm going to compete. Are we getting Shane McMahon? Oh, jeez, I'm crow. Shane McMahon's going to wrestle. 
Okay, I don't know if I like this or not. No, this is lame. I, I really don't think I... Uh... Alright. So Shane's going to wrestle his, in his jeans and sneakers. And t-shirt. Excellent. Ah, excellent. Okay, so, uh, not only did Shane McMahon replace The Miz, but he beat Ziggler in, like, four minutes. <laughs> you know what I think it is? <laughs> I think the, the creative team that made the decision oh. on these two matches, the last one and this one, yeah. they watched the Raiders play football last night oh, and geez, said, that was terrible. we can outdo that. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Let's do our job. I mean, as bad as possible. I mean, seriously, we. I like Shane. He always puts on a good match or whatever. But he does. You have this whole World Cup tournament declaring the best in the world, and you know how people are going to run with this. That the best in the world is apparently a McMahon. Uh, yeah, and obviously this provides a lot of fuel for other stuff. Oh my God! Yeah, that yeah. you know I'm assuming they'll run with, but it just it's. It's painful to see. It's yeah. It's uh, I mean, it's not terribly yeah. far off from what ruined WCW at the end, where everything was yeah. self-aggrandizing, everybody putting themselves over, and even things were just completely unbelievably so. Like Vince Russo <sighs> get involved in oh, everything. Yeah. Disgusting. Uh, I think probably my favorite call though after this was after Shane won and and Michael Cole's. Like, trying to say, like, of course, you know, Shane McMahon's the, the, the general manager of SmackDown. He's kind of putting himself over on and on and on. And and, and Corey Graves is like, no, no, they, they kicked out Drew McIntyre and they kicked out Barry Corbin. It's okay. It's okay. How is this okay? I'm on both shows. So, but, yeah, I just, you know, Dolph Ziggler puts on two good matches tonight and then does what only, you know, Dolph can do and jobs out in the main event. So... I don't know. Here we go. And that whole segment was like less than, was like 10 minutes long because it's just now three o'clock almost. The purpose of the show is that tournament. Yes. And, and it ended the way it ended. Like we were shocked we were going to see bad guy, you know, heel versus heel. Uh, and then they have the, the injury angle. And then Shane beats Ziggler in four minutes. Granted, he hit his coast to coast finisher, but still. And. I don't know. Right now we're getting the promo package for DX versus Brothers of Destruction. So, so this match should start in about 50 minutes. <laughs> a 10-minute match. But I, I, I can't imagine we're going to see too much actual tag teaming or tagging. I think this is going to be more of a Tornado-style match myself. Probably. It's going to be a cluster. We'll find out, and well, we'll, we'll talk about it after. All right, so we're watching the uh, tag match here. They didn't move all the monitors. Okay, so they didn't move all the monitors, and Triple H just got choke slammed <laughs> through the announce table on the tablet monitors. That's funny. Um, Triple H is there's something wrong with his right arm. It's been dangling by his side. He's not using it. He looks in bad shape. He looks in rough shape. There's something almost like I'm. I'm afraid it's a neck injury thing. Yeah, like he's got nerve. He couldn't. Or something. He couldn't get himself up on the choke slam. He couldn't post off Kane. Um, he hasn't been using it to whip people into the ropes. He he threw one punch. Otherwise, he's been doing left-handed chops. There's something wrong. Undertaker looks like the Undertaker's looked. I mean, he looked great against Cena earlier this year, but otherwise, he looks like the Undertaker we've seen the 
Guy not moving. Kane's not moving well. Kane looks bored. Yeah. Um, HBK is the only one really that's really looking. The good. oldest man in the match, HBK, uh, at 53. He's a little in The Undertaker, I think, who's also 53, but um, a few months-wise. Looks the best. He's bouncing. He, you know, he's bumping around. He's flipping and flying around. He's doing kip-ups. I mean, Shawn Michaels looks great. Yeah, this is definitely an injury on, H- on a Hunter's part. Though. Yeah. Like, I've never seen him look like this. Yeah. This isn't just that he's lost his edge. Like, something's wrong. I think Undertaker's actually yeah. checking on him right now. I do, too. I think I just noticed on the back of uh, trip of HBK's trunks, he has NXT on, his, on the back of his uh, pants. Does he? Like, little NXT on the side on the back of his pants, it looks like. See? Yeah, I see what you're talking about. I can't get a yeah. good enough look to be sure, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, he is a trainer there, so. But anyways, um, match hasn't been great. Crowd, though, super into it. It's just like we were talking about with the Trish and Lita match. It's not about, like, that's not the most important factor in the match, is the quality of the wrestling. Yeah. It's the nostalgia. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, this is the risk you take when you put four guys that are all, like, not in wrestling shape anymore. Yeah, I in mean, event. Triple H is the youngest at 49, Kane's 51, Undertaker and Triple H are both 53, and there's something seriously wrong with Triple H. Um, but the crowd's loving it. They, they're they chanting loud, they're, they seem to really be into it. Um, we did get 15 minutes of entrances, plus the... Uh, pre-match promo video and to me Shawn Michaels has to win because the whole point of coming out of retirement was to prove the Undertaker wrong or whatever uh, and if he loses then Undertaker has just proven he should have stayed retired and and we need Shawn Michaels back in the ring I'd like to see him wrestle AJ Styles I'd like to see him wrestle Johnny Gargano hell I'd like to see him wrestle Sting that'll never happen but the one thing I don't want to see, but I'll watch it, is Shawn Michaels against The Undertaker one more time. Also, yeah, it's, just, it's hard to want to watch The Undertaker wrestle for me, period, anymore. Yeah. This is more of a straight-up tag match than I thought it was going to be. I figured it would just be an all-over-the-place, inside-the-ring, outside-the-ring, tornado-type match, and... There's definitely been more straight-up tagging. And um, I'm kind of curious if them putting Triple H to the table was a uh, a little last-minute audible to account for him not being able to really wrestle or move much. Yeah. I mean, the table did crumble like they do, but still. There's a part of it that feels like the tables are made with, like, a switch that you – like a little tab you pull on it, and it like, oh, now it's ready to be broken. And then if it's locked in place, you're still good, but they pull some, you know, some some pegs out or something. But anyways. Um, that sequence before he got choke slammed through the table was just rough, too. Yeah. He came over and pulled uh, HBK out of... Uh, Arms way from a tombstone. Yeah, and it, I mean, what he did didn't even look like he could move anything. He, yeah. he grabbed him with his left arm, but he didn't even have any pull in that. He had no strength. And then Undertaker tried to make it look like Triple H was Irish whipping him. And it was just a mess. It was bad. And right now, like, The Undertaker's got a, a fucking chin lock on, on HBK right now. It's almost like, as sad as this is, they don't know what to do. Like, they're trying to they're go trying to old school and buy time for Triple H and stretch the match out more. 
because they're probably looking at the fact that it's, you know, 3.30, and they still have, like, another half-hour time to fill. So I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, they, they probably just need to end the match at this point. Well, the plus is you have a guy in there with HBK that could hit a couple super kicks yeah. and get a, a believable win out of this. Yeah. If uh, I, The Undertaker and Kane end up winning it, they'll just beat him down, and yeah. it'll be believable, but it'll kind of be a anticlimactic yeah. ending. I think I think you're going to see Shawn Michaels get a super kick on uh, Kane or something and get the pin, and and then, I don't know. I just... Crowd's into it, but the match is not what I thought it was going to be. Kane's going to the top rope. Oh, and Shawn Michaels cuts him off. Well, uh, we'll see how it goes. I like how they have the camera uh, off him, but they have it on the monitor. (laughs) So, so Kane's mask and and hair just fell off. This 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 match can really not have more small things go wrong. (laughs) Like nobody knows what he looks like under it either. Right. They cut away to the monitor that is still showing him trying to cover up. Is Shawn Michaels gonna moonsault? Yep. Yep. And they missed him. The Undertaker and oh. Kane missed Shawn Michaels on the moonsault. Oh. He just kicked Kane in the head. He busted his head open. And on, Shawn Michaels' uh, head's now busted open. <sighs> yeah, they missed him, and Shawn Michaels hit his head on the floor. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, Kane's got his mask and hair back on. <laughs> Oh man! And Sean and, and Triple H is still laying on. Oh, Triple H is back in the corner now. Oddly he, enough, Triple H is now the healthiest man in the yeah, match somehow. Uh, I say I'm, Sean's busted open. It's not like it's pouring blood, but he definitely has a mark on his head and uh, some seepage going on. Well, I don't know. The ref isn't ripping out gloves on some. Regardless, Shawn Michaels, I mean, Triple H is with his dead right arm, is begging for the tag. Uh, I'm really surprised Shawn isn't seriously hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Shawn makes the tag. Triple H slowly gets in the ring, and he's chopping with his left hand. And he's Irish whipping with his left hand, but no right hand. Yeah, this is like watching when Paul Orndorff's right arm was all atrophied. Triple H just hit a high... Oh, gosh. This is kind of rough to watch. That was a good okay. spine buster. Yeah, but he couldn't do anything with his right arm. He couldn't no. look him. He's clearly in bad shape, but he just hit a good spine buster. Yeah. That's the first good move we've seen in the match in a while. Uh, I feel... Uh, I don't know. I feel really bad for Triple H on this. Nope, he's not. Uh, yeah, there was a real rough choke slam block into. Oh my god! Yeah, that was a that was a pretty weak sauce pedigree. But Kane's up. Yeah, Kane's to the floor now.
Oh, Triple H just got is getting pulled into Hell's Gate. What's funny is Triple H tried to go into an actual like triangle choke, but that's not how the Undertaker does it. So Undertaker had to correct him to put it on, in, you know, kind of incorrectly. Let's see here. Not for nothing. Mercifully, this is over. Uh, Triple H hit the world's worst pedigree on Kane after Shawn Michaels super kick and got the three count. Um, yeah. This is the uh, first ever tag team match of DX versus the Brothers of Destruction. Yeah, Shawn Michaels has got a gotta gonna have a shiner there. Busted his forehead I, I open. Think, he busted uh, his nose open. Yep. I think Shawn Michaels is sitting there going, I came back for this shit. <laughs> and I hope we get more Shawn Michaels, though. Because, you know, we just need more Shawn Michaels. Because he looked the best of everyone in this match. He looked the absolute best. He really did. He looked good. He didn't look like he'd not wrestled in several years. Gosh. All right. This was the right crowd to do this in front of them. Yes, it was. This crowd appreciated this match. They absolutely did, so. Well, show's over. What'd you think as a whole? It was better before the last three matches. Yep. Uh, You know, the worst part of the the whole... Because there were a lot of good matches in the tournament, but they threw it all away with how they ended the tournament. Yeah, by putting Shane in there. Yeah. So they, they... I think that kind of made this show. I enjoyed watching it. I definitely yeah, enjoyed it. You know what? Quality. It's Friday afternoon. We sat down for four hours, basically three and a half hours, and and watched a new live wrestling special. You know. Yeah. Can't really complain about that. You know. Yeah. It was uh. It was enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I think if you look at the quality of how it all panned out. It probably is on the, the lower side rather than the higher side. But even uh, those last three matches being bad, at least two were uh, spectacles, even if for the wrong reason. Yep. Got to see Shane do a coast-to-coast. Yep. Got to see a whole bunch of backstabbing and turns and stuff. Yep. And you got to see four old men that uh, three of them almost died. Right now, I'm, I'm trying to queue up the Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rusev match. Because uh, I didn't, that was on the pre-show. It looks like the match was maybe four minutes long. Based Not on, very uh, long. Yeah. What would you say was the best match of the the show? Like the best match on the show? Huh. I almost feel like it was uh, Mysterio and Miz. Maybe. Yeah, that, yeah. I think that one was one of the better ones. Uh, I think like quality, just quality of wrestling wise, AJ and Samoa Joe was good. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. AJ and Samoa Joe was probably the best match on the card. It was also like it for them. It was just a match. Yeah, it was, it was, it was another match, another match in their story. Um, you know, uh, AJ got the win with a phenomenal forum. Uh, that was definitely, I think that was probably the best wrestling yeah. match, like start to end the, the first couple rounds of the tournament were mostly pretty good, though. We were excited. I mean, yeah. obviously, we kind of live recorded this in bits and pieces as we were watching the show, but we were excited about the tournament aspect of it. And, yeah, uh, Miz getting out and Shane stepping in and winning in four minutes really took the, the wind out of the sails on that. Yeah, I would have been fine if they brought back out Ray Mysterio. Yeah, Ray Mysterio, yeah. you know. Or a surprise guy or just kind of anything, really. Yeah. 
Yeah, Shane, Shane winning just put a damper on it, even though it's always, just like you said when we were watching, it's always fun yep. watching Shane wrestle regardless. I have some genuine concern about Triple H and uh, if his, you know, what what's going on there. If he's got a neck injury that's caused that to happen or something, you know, I, I don't know if we'd ever actually see him wrestle again. Yeah, that wasn't good. He was definitely yeah. seriously hurt. But, I mean, I'm hoping this leads to seeing more Shawn Michaels in the ring. Um, I'm actually surprised they went off the air before we got, like, the four of them kind of raising hands and all that stuff. But Well, they can't all raise their hands at this point. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. I guess all in all, uh, it was a good way to spend a Friday afternoon while the kids were in school. And <laughs> Yeah. So. All right, well, uh, just check out my blog, com. I write good stuff there. Uh, Paul's on Twitter at Who's Paul. Yep. And uh, well, you get the, the, the you and the other Michael there. Yeah, you go to nerdylegion.com and find my podcast with Michael Sparkman. Paul and Michael occasionally save the world. How often does that one come out? Uh, it's actually, we've been coming out weekly. It's bi-weekly with Mike on it. Yeah. Uh, but I've been getting fill-ins for the other weeks, just okay. kind of offshoots to... to Give more stuff to listen to. Are you still doing your comics in black and white? No, I I just kind of merged them basically. Yeah, so I, I'm I filling so. in the gaps with other people. It wasn't real fun recording by myself. I eventually just decided. Yeah, well, that's kind of the thing with this show. Like, uh, that's why you kind of will see maybe a week or two I don't do anything because it's like I'm recording by myself and I enjoy it, but I got to come up with a new format. Uh, that's why today and I was like, oh, oh, we're just sitting here. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I'm uh, at Superstar Mel, and um, yeah, thanks. Okay, I got a PS. We just watched Nakamura versus Rusev, which was a great match. But, okay. <laughs> the finish was tremendous because Rusev was going for the accolade, and Nakamura kind of was trying to get away from him. And he literally crawled back and accidentally headbutted with the back of his head. <laughs> Rusev in the in, right, right in the junk, and uh, made it look accidental. It was pretty awesome. I'm glad that we saved that for the uh, the grand finale of the night. <laughs> I know some people are tired of Nakamura with his low blows. I don't know. That was a creative way of doing it. I'm good with it. He does it well. It's not just a cheap <laughs> cop-out.